Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Thank you, Jesus. What a privilege. What a privilege it is to be in the house of the Lord this morning. If you would go with me to the book of Acts chapter 4. And what a, as always, a privilege and honor to stand behind this desk and have the opportunity to speak to the greatest people that I know in the world. I love you and I love this church. Praise the Lord. I'm going to be mindful of the time today. Um, so if you'll just help me for a few minutes. Uh, Ethan come over to the chair last night and I was doing a little bit of studying and he asked what I was doing and I told him and he got all excited because I was preaching today. And I fluffed up a little bit, a little pride in me, and he says, because when you preach, Uncle Jerry, it don't take long. So, <laughs> so I'm going to try not to take too long today. The book of Acts, chapter 4, book of Acts, chapter 4, and verse 7, and if you have that, would you say amen? And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole? Be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name, everybody say the name, by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him doth this man stand here before you whole, this is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other. And here it is again, everybody say name. There is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. When I was a young boy and we would be getting ready for church Sunday morning and Sunday night, in our home there was a record player. Some of you young kids, I'll explain what that is after church. <laughs> so my dad would always put on records, and we would play these records while we was getting ready for church to get pumped up. You know, when we didn't have to come to church to get two or three songs to pump us up. When we got here, we was pumped up and ready. And he'd play stuff like David and the Giants and Mylon Lefevre and the Broken Heart. And don't worry, I've been set free. I've been delivered, thank God. God for Hal Kennedy and Don Johnson and Stan Cook. I've been brought out of that. <laughs> but Dad would play these songs, and there was a particular song that he would play. And oh, I just loved it when it come on, and it, it merely said, J-E-S-U-S. He is my everything. J-E-S-U-S. He is my all. So for just a little bit, I want to preach to us from this, why J-E-S-U-S. 
S-U-S will be the deciding factor. Father, I love you. Thank you for the privilege to be in this house. Thank you for your word that we've already heard today. Thank you for the spirit that we've already felt in this house today. And God, I'm asking for the next few minutes that our hearts and minds would be open to what you would speak into us. Help us to not only hear, but help us to be doers of your word. And we give you praise and glory today in Jesus' name. And the whole house said amen. Before you're seated, turn to your neighbor and tell him it's good to see him in the house of the Lord this morning. Praise the Lord. Don't you, don't you just love the one that loves you? Don't you just love the one that died for you? Don't you just love the one that rose from the grave? Don't you just love the one that ascended and said he was sending us some power? I, I, I love the Lord today. And I thank him for his goodness and mercy. You know, speaking of worship, I, I wonder sometimes in an apostolic service just what it will take to move us. I, I'm not being critical by this. I'm just wondering how much Holy Ghost has to move. How, how many songs do we have to sing? What, what, it, what exactly will it take for us to be moved or stirred by the Lord? Uh, For some, it's just one beat of the drum and we're ready. We're ready to go. And for others, it takes a little pumping and and priming. And again, I'm not critical of that, but the, the Bible makes reference to just the mention of his name. Just the mention of his name. I'm not talking this morning about focused teaching. I'm not talking about the preaching that's taking place right now. I'm not talking about the singing that we've been doing today about the name of Jesus. I'm talking about just the mention of his name. In the midnight hour, in the midnight hour, and the world has come against me, and I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say to the Lord. I can climb out of my bed. I can get out on my knees, and I can just say, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And he hears at that mention, at that mention of his name, devils, devils have to respond. Depression gets a little nervous at the mention of his name. Fear, anxiety has to flee at the mention of his name because it's that name and the mentioning of his name today. There's no other name, no other name given under heaven among men whereby we must be saved. It is the name. If my people, if my people, which are called by my name. I'm not talking about Christians this morning. I'm not talking about Jesus' name people this morning. I'm talking about people that have been brought out of addiction by the name. I'm talking about the name that has brought some of us out of alcoholism. I'm talking about the name this morning that has crawled down into the pit that I was in and brought me out of the miry clay. I'm talking about the name that climbed up into the mess that some of our lives have been in. I'm talking this morning about the name. It was his name. Our apostolic songs may move you, but they won't save you. Our apostolic preaching may stir you, but it won't save you. But when we begin to talk about the name, 
That name will set me free. That name will save me. It's that name. It's that name that is above every name. It's that name that will make a way where there seems to be no way. It's that name that is a strong tower and a refuge. It is that name that gives me a place to run into. Let's clap our hands this morning and thank the Lord for the name. It's the name. Had the mention. Had the mention. Had the mention of his name. Devils. Devils begin to flee. There's just something about the name. At the mention of his name, sickness and disease has to flee. Have you ever heard anybody call on the name of Muhammad to heal the sick? Have you ever heard anybody call on the name of Buddha to heal diabetes? Have you ever heard anyone call on Confucius to heal cancer. Before they died, Muhammad said, I don't know the purpose of my life. Buddha said to his followers, seek for the truth, for I know not of it. Confucius said, I am not the way. You must search for yourself the true way. But Jesus Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except by me. And Jesus Christ today is alive and well. And the three previous mentions still find themselves today in a grave. It's the name. It's the name of Jesus that heals us. It's the name of Jesus that saves us and sets us free. And it will be, it will be, ladies and gentlemen, that name that will be the deciding factor of who and who will not make heaven their home. When Jesus comes after the church that he left, when, 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 he, comes, when he comes back, he's coming after the church that he left in the book of Acts. He's not coming after the church that we've made it. He's not coming after our programs and our agenda. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm, all, I'm not preaching against that. But when Jesus comes back, and should it be on a Sunday morning, there's going to be congregations all across this globe that will be shocked because they're going to be sitting there wondering when the songs are going to get better. They're going to be sitting there wondering if the offering's ever going to be taken up. They're going to be watching their clock, sitting there wondering when the preacher will get through. But when Jesus comes back on that great getting up morning, He's going to be coming back for people that have been seeking Him, people that have been reaching for Him, and people that have been calling on His name. One writer said it like this. Jesus had no servants, yet they called him master. He had no degree, but yet they called him teacher. He had no medicine, but they called him healer. No army, yet kings feared him. Jesus won no military battles, but yet he conquered the world. He committed no crime, but yet they crucified him. He was Buried in a tomb, yet he lives today. Jesus Christ, an obscure teacher, never married, rejected by those he tried to help, executed in humiliation. But Jesus changed the world forever. Forever as we know it. It's at that name 
that every knee's gonna bow and every tongue's gonna confess that he is Lord. Ladies and gentlemen, I tell you today that in these last days that we are living in, it's going to be the name. It's gonna be the name that determines whether we make it or not. Jesus said in Matthew 10 and 22, and ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. But he that endureth to the end shall be saved. I I said it a few nights, a few Wednesday nights ago, and forgive me for being repetitive, but allow me to say it again. The world has always hated us for the way we live. The world has always hated us for what is taught from behind this desk. The world has always hated us for our holiness standards and the way that we live. The world has always hated us for the name. But I'm here to tell you that it's not enough for them to hate us anymore. It's not enough for them to hate the name anymore. It's not enough for them to hate the holiness standards anymore. They want us out. They want us blotted out. They want the name blotted out. They want what we do to be illegal. They want what we, the way we live and the way we conduct ourselves to not be possible. But Jesus said in Luke 21 and 10, Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. Great earthquakes shall be in divers' places, famines and pestilence, fearful sights. Great signs shall there be from heaven. But before all this, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you, delivering you up to the synagogues and to the prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And it shall turn to you for a testimony. Settle it in your hearts not to meditate before what you'll answer. For I will give you a mouth and wisdom which all your adversaries shall not be and ye shall be betrayed by both parents and brethren and kinsfolk and friends and some of you shall they cause to be put to death and ye shall be ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake but there shall not a hair of your head perish In your patience possess ye your souls, and when ye shall see Jerusalem compassed with armies, then know that the desolation therefore is nigh. Can I tell you something today that you already know? We are living in a world that is off the chain. Crazy. Lost their minds. You know, it used to be we looked across the big pond and seen all this awful sin, these awful things going on. But it's not across the pond anymore, ladies and gentlemen. It's in our backyard. We're having to deal with it. Please hear me this morning. I'm not being political. And I'm not trying to climb up on some soapbox. I do not believe in bringing politics into the house of the Lord. But what I'm preaching about is not politics. What I'm preaching about is sin. And if we, for too long, for too long, the church have kept its lips zipped. Because if we stayed in here and stayed to ourselves and they didn't mess with us and we didn't mess with them, everything was all right. But I'm here to tell you today, the day, the hour has come to us where the sin is trying to be pushed through the front door of this church. And at some point, at some point, we're going to have to decide as men and women of God to take a stand on truth and fight against what the enemy is bringing at us. Praise the Lord. Look at at us 
looking at us as a society. New York City. State of New York. Abortions at full term. I, I know this is rough and abrasive this morning. I, and I, I'm not ten, I, I don't offend nobody. When Pharaoh tried that, Herod, how did that work out for them? Where, where are we at as a human race when it is a felony to kill a puppy? And, and I'm a dog lover. I got five at home. So I don't. But where are we at when you can go to jail for killing a puppy, but it's all right to suck the life out of one of God's greatest creations? Where are we at? And where is the church at in all this? I read an article. I read an article this past week in the state of Oregon. It has been passed through the first stages of the house for the, for the state of Oregon that elderly patients with dementia that cannot make decisions for themselves, the families are just a vote or two away from having the right to starve them to death. Where's the church? Where's the church? As long as we're in here and we're tucked in this safe cradle. But I'm telling you, the world is trying to invade the cradle. The Trojan horse is trying to push his way in. And as a church, we better be unified and understand. I don't know. I don't know. We're living in a modern day. Sodom and Gomorrah. And I don't know what it'll take. In our society, in our society, the schools, they're pushing transgender and homosexuality. And we have young ladies. Jerry, what are you talking about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. There is young ladies sitting in this house right now that at their public school bathroom, they have to look over their shoulder to make sure there's some boy there that hasn't identified with what he is yet. And where's the church? Where's the church? I, I believe, and, and this is just me, I may be wrong, but I believe that on Judgment Day, God's going to ask me some questions. Why, why didn't you preach against this? Why didn't you stand against this? Why, why didn't you proclaim my name over this? And why was this allowed? Ladies and gentlemen, we are at war. And we must understand what's at stake in the war. Our souls, our families, and our children. And we have the, the, we have the power to fight the war. It's done been declared that we win. But we must fight. We must fight. Bruce Lee the greatest martial artist to ever live, had a class full of students one day. The students asked Mr. Lee, he says, you teach me about fighting, but yet, Mr. Lee, all you talk about is peace. Bruce Lee responded. He said, how do you reconcile the two? Bruce Lee responded this way. He said, it is better to be a warrior in a garden than be a gardener in a war. I'm... 
I'm, we are at war, and if our musicians would prepare, we, we, we can't be little old meek, peaceful saints that just sit here and try to defend ourselves, and when it gets too rough, we let the devil run us in the ground. I'm not talking about physical violence here. I'm talking about spiritual violence. And Jesus himself said in Matthew 11 and 12, the kingdom of heaven suffereth violence and the violent take it by force. This is a spiritual war and in the end this war is going to come down to one thing and that's the name. The name is going to be the deciding factor and the name is going to separate. And the question that I am posing to us this morning is will we be ready to make a stand for the name? Will we be ready to make a stand for the name? Would you stand across this house with me? It won't be enough. It won't be enough to go to church on Sunday. It's not going to be enough that you paid your tithes every week. Your ministry is not going to be enough. Your prison ministry, your nursing home ministry, your, your, your baking ministry, your Bible study ministry, all of these are good things. But they won't be enough. Faith. Understand what I'm saying. We've got to have faith. But ladies and gentlemen, faith alone ain't going to be enough. It's going to take being rooted and grounded in the truth. Pastor says this all the time. You better know that you know that you know. I did not come here this morning to paint anybody's world gray, but I did come to say this. If there are any doubts in our minds whatsoever about where we're, where we're standing in the Lord, or where our heart is in the Lord, or how much we believe in this truth. If there are any doubts, our musicians are beginning to play, and we're going to close in a song. But if you have any doubt, I would not leave this house. I would not leave this house till I was absolutely sure that I know for sure that I know His name and that I know the power of His name. Let's lift our hands. Father, I love you. I love you, Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for your goodness and mercy. Oh, bless that name. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806. Or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.